You are listening to the Daily Roundup here as part of the Reality Steve podcast. I am your host, Reality Steve. Thank you all for tuning in on this Thursday edition of the show. We're going to talk a little bit about podcast number 378 coming up in a couple hours with Dr. Katherine Sanderson. She's been on the podcast before. She's a professor of psychology at Amherst College. And we've got a lot to discuss on Joey season, but we spend just as much time, if not more, talking about the Clayton Eckerd, Laura Owens case for two reasons. Number one, Dr. Catherine has followed Dave Neal's videos for the last eight months. She's very in tune with what's going on. And number two, she's a former podcast guest of Laura Owens back in the day before all this broke. So we talk about that a little bit, but we do spend more than half the interview going over the Clayton case because we recorded yesterday, Valentine's Day. That's a big day in the case if you have followed it from the very beginning. So we, I wanted to get her on to talk about that. Um, some tragic news. Shooting in Kansas City yesterday during the Chiefs celebration parade. I'm going to talk about it a little bit. I spend about 10 minutes on it on my Sports Daily, a podcast today. I'm not going to spend nearly as much time here. I just know a lot of you that listen to this podcast don't listen to the Sports Daily, but I still think this is something to talk about, and I'll give you my thoughts on it. Nick Vial is part of a new dating show. No, not as a contestant, thank God. Guy's engaged, so probably shouldn't be going on any dating shows. But he is teaming up with somebody very big in the television dating world. And I'll tell you all about that. And we're going to talk about part one of the challenge finale that aired last night. And maybe, maybe get to Travis Kelsey at the end of this thing. We'll get to all that momentarily. First up, I want to talk about podcast number 378 coming out in a couple hours from now. That is with Dr. Katherine Sanderson. She is a professor of psychology at Amherst College. And this is her second time on the show. It might have been third, but I think it's second. And we talk about Joey's season. We talk about the whole Maria and Sydney incident from almost a psychological perspective. We talk about the women on this season, their stories that they share with Joey, the effect it has on him. Really good conversation there. But then we do spend about 35 minutes of the hour conversation talking about the Clayton Eckerd, Laura Owens case because Dr. Catherine is a big fan of it in terms of she's followed it. She's watched a lot of Dave Neal's videos. She's listened to my podcasts. And she is a former guest of Laura Owens' podcast back. Her first one, she said, was in 2019. She said she went on again. She doesn't know if it was 2020 or 2021. And there's really no relationship outside of those two podcast appearances, but we talk about it. And she's got a lot of good thoughts as a psychologist because I think one of the questions that a lot of you have asked, whether it has been emailing me or just messaging out into the wild, is why? Why is this woman like this? Why is she doing this? And I wanted to have Dr. Catherine on to talk about it almost from a psychological perspective. You know, she can't. She, outside of the two podcast interviews, she's never interviewed Laura. She's never spoken to Laura outside of those. But I think being and doing what she does, it's kind of a way for her to, you know, from afar, armchair psychoanalyze, if you want to call it that. But she also knows a lot of the stuff that's been going on in this case because she has followed Dave Neal and she's listened to my podcast. So I wanted to have her on to talk about that. He like said that's coming up in a couple hours from now. 
As I mentioned in the beginning of this podcast, I spent about 10 minutes today on my Sports Daily discussing the shooting that happened yesterday at the Kansas City Chiefs Celebration Parade. And I don't want to turn this into some political statement. I'll make it short and sweet when it comes to my stance on everything. I absolutely think something should be done. Uh, I'm not one of these people that says it's people, not the guns. I think we should have better gun control in this country. That does not mean I think that people who own guns should get them taken away and we should just round up all the guns from people. No, that's not what I'm saying. I just think it should be much, 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 much harder to obtain a gun in this country than it is right now. And I think a lot of people agree with that. Well, <laughs> I shouldn't say a lot because clearly not enough since nothing ever gets done when a tragedy like this happens. So for me, I'm looking at it more of like a sports perspective as, you know, I'm, and I'm not trying to dismiss um, its severity and the scope of everything. Like I'm, I'm not trying to, cause you know, the problem is we've become numb to a lot of these things. It's happened so many times and, uh, you know, I go back to, you know, something that I always read from, from some person that essentially said when kindergartners were shot point blank range in the face and a law wasn't changed and put in and implemented the next day, you kind of knew where this was headed. And that person was right because seemingly there's been more and more and more and more mass shootings. And, you know, this, there's a cycle, you know, we're going to mourn for a couple of days. There's going to be a lot of memorials and people talking about it. And politicians will argue with each other about what to do. And people will send out thoughts and prayers. And then we'll just go back to our regular lives and it'll happen again and 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 again because nothing will get done. We know this, you know, it's just, it sucks that we become numb to this, unfortunately. But I wanted to look at it from a sports angle because we've, we don't want to sit here and it's already sad enough as it is. You know, we find out as, you know, as I'm recording this, there were 22 people shot. We have one fatality and that fatality happened to be a radio host uh, in Kansas City, who was rather young. As I'm recording this, of the 22 people shot, eight were immediately life-threatening condition, and the other se- and seven were in life-threatening condition. So, unfortunately, you know, cr- fingers crossed that all these people pull through. But I- I'm guessing the death toll will go up a little bit. You know, I don't know how many. I don't. I hope it's zero. But when you have eight immediately life-threatening and seven life-threatening, uh, you, get, you you know, just being realistic, you got to think that not. 15 people are all going to pull through. I hope they do, but it's not looking good. But what I wanted to say is on the, just the outside perspective of all of this is I think now we can pretty much kiss championship parades goodbye, you know? And you know what? I'm fine with it. And you can say, Steve, we've had championship parades in the four major sports. Basically every team that wins a title in Baseball, basketball, football, and hockey has had a championship parade for the last God knows how many years. This is the first time we've ever had a mass shooting. Why do we need to stop them? You know why? Because one's enough. And I and maybe it won't end completely, but I think this is going to be a city-by-city city decision. The next champion we're going to have, basically the NBA champion and the NHL champion, uh, the Stanley Cup winners, basically happen around the same time. And those cities will have... They're winners, and they will decide whether or not they want a championship parade. But let's face it. Is there really a parade that needs to happen? Do we do we have to have these? Are they necessary? I get that you want to support your team. I understand. But after this tragedy yesterday, I think this is getting put on the back burner. And I don't see it happening, and I'm fine with it. 
because it's just a parade. I mean, it's and don't get mad at me for like Steve, but you you don't have a team that you root for or whatever. You, that's why you wouldn't go to one. We live here and we love to support our team. That's fine. You can support your team. It doesn't it doesn't have to be in the streets where anybody can walk up with a gun and do what ha- and do what happened yesterday. And as I said on my sports podcast today, I'm surprised and not, and not to make this morbid or anything, but I'm surprised this hasn't happened more often because when you go into a game or you go into an arena football stadium, baseball stadium, basketball arena, hockey arena, at least you have to walk through a metal detector. And, you know, as far as I know, we've never had a, a shooting at one of those games where someone in the stands just started firing away at people, you know, because you have to pass security. A parade, you don't. It's just walk up, stand on the street, and wave to your favorite players. And clearly yesterday, somebody walked up and had a gun on them. So that's what I mean. Like, People can, cities can say, we're going to put out the most security we've ever seen for a parade. That's fine. Security can't stop somebody if they want to shoot somebody because they're not being frisked. They're not having to go through a metal detector to see if they have anything on them. You could have security lining the streets, but unless you have security one for one for every person there, which we know isn't possible, it can happen again. And the fact that it's happened once is one too many. So I'm just saying, I think it'll stop. And let's be honest, it's okay if it stops. Now, that's for like a street parade. I think those are done. I think what can happen now, if we want to make these safer, is whatever team wins the championship, just do your celebration inside a stadium or inside an arena. An arena is only going to seat 20,000. So I can't imagine they're going to do that. But your, your hockey team or your NBA team can easily go to the football stadium that's in their city, because most have them, and just do it there. Now, is it going to limit the amount of people that can attend? Of course. Because let's just say, you know, for the Chiefs example, what is Arrowhead seat? 65, 70,000? There were way more than 70,000 people in Kansas City yesterday for that parade. But what's more important, having the largest number of people at your parade or the safety of everybody that did attend the parade? I think we know the answer to that question. So that's my guess of what will happen from this point forward. I don't know if it's going to happen, but I really do think parades are done. It's whether or not they still decide to do anything involving the large crowds. I think you can do it because we've seen how many games take place in baseball, basketball, football, and hockey where you have to walk through a metal detector. And I, I don't know, I, maybe I'm blanking on something, but I don't remember it ever happening during a game. You know, so and if it did, it was years ago. And that's why I'm blanking. So maybe you could do it that way. But I think the days of having celebration parades are over and I'm fine with it. Nick Vial is back in the news and it has nothing to do with him saying or doing something stupid or putting his foot in his mouth. He is teaming up with Patty Stanger and they are going to work together on a show. It's going to be on the CW. It's called Patty Stanger, the matchmaker. And what it's going to be is on the series, according to the Variety press release, Nick will offer his best tips and tricks in dating and as the duo tackles their most challenging clients yet. Patty said, I get a partner with great understanding of relationships, the follower, the following of Bachelor Nation. And well, he's easy on the eyes, quite the package. Okay. This series will follow Stanger as she helps singles find love while teaching them the real tools and rules to become the most eligible versions of themselves. Tagline, uh, the, the, the log line of the show, but this time Patty has a new partner, Bachelor alumnic Vile, 
Vial is joining her to tackle some of her most challenging clients yet. No cases off limits or too difficult for Patty and Nick to crack. Each episode will feature two clients desperate to find love, with Patty and Nick pushing them to face their fears, identify their emotional care core, and in the end, emerge ready to find the one. These are all real dates, real people, real matches, and real love. Now, I can say this now that the um, um, press release is out and this is now public and we know it's going to be on the CW. It did not give a start date, I don't believe, but I believe it's starting next month in March. Anyway, I could say this now. I, I know somebody um, who was on the show. They told me about this um, a couple months ago. And I was like, oh, interesting. And then now it's, you know, official good. But they didn't know when it was going to air. That's why I didn't say anything. And um, they're going to be on it. And we'll see what happens. But, you know, it's a CW dating show. Is this thing going to be around for 48 seasons like The Bachelor? I'm going to guess no. <laughs> um, this probably is a one and done. But, hey, good luck to them. Let's see what happens. But just wanted to uh, inform you that uh, about Nick. The challenge the penultimate episode, even though when I turned it on last night, I did not know because I didn't look at the episode description of are they having a two part finale? And clearly we got our answer last night that, yes, this is a two part finale. Great. So watching this two part finale. It it is um, following in the same vein as the season. You have the. Gosh, I'm already forgetting the first C. I know the middle one is chaos. What was the first C? Controlled? Whatever it is. Seven people left in the final. And then after the first leg, they decided to have a um, arena match, a challenge, and everyone voted Corey in, and then Corey had to choose someone, and he chose Jay. And they had to compete against each other. Whoever lost went home after leg one. And it was interesting because I said it last week, and then I never really thought about it. But remember, I was like, this season just feels off to me. Outside of Norris winning, I don't care. I don't think any of these people deserve it. And then I realized of the seven people left, six of them never competed all season. Yes, they had to compete in the daily challenges, but none of them ever had to win in the arena. And it just seems like, yeah, maybe the maybe the deciding factor and maybe something that should be part of every season is you got to win in the arena at, we, at least one time during the season to run TJ's final. Because I feel like for the last five or six seasons, he said that. Like, you got to win down there or else you're not qualifying for my final. And this season, six of the seven people in the final never did shit during the season because they were on the right side of the numbers and I just don't think that's very well-deserving. I'm not saying you don't deserve it if you win this thing, and if somebody outside of Reese wins this thing. I'm not going to take it away from them. I'm just going to say it was probably an easier path than a lot of other people who have won challenges in the past. So Corey ends up beating Jay, which was, I'd say, pretty much an upset. I think a lot of people thought Jay had a chance at winning this thing. So we're now down to Corey, Emmanuel. Then we've got the women. We've got Berna. Colleen, Norris, and Mariah. So those those are your six people left. The second stage was chaos, and it was five different stations, and you had a new partner for each one because there were six people there, meaning each different station or each different, I think they were calling them stations or legs, you had a different partner. 
So you got every partner once. One was, you know, a running one. One was a food one. One was kayaking. And you saw what happened. Emmanuel won, I think, three of them and finished in first. And it was all timed as well. So because you got a different partner each time, when you finished, it was timed. We didn't see any of the times as the viewers. Obviously, they didn't give that because then we would see who had the biggest lead. Emmanuel won three or four of the five legs. So he's clearly in the lead right now, heading into the final stage, which will air next week. But the show ended with Emmanuel winning because he won the chaos stage. He gets to choose who goes into the arena. And more than likely, he's going to pick Norris because he picked her the fir- in the first time around when he had when he had to vote. And only one other person picked Norris. So he is going to probably pick Norris, but Norris is going to pick. She has three people to choose from, Mariah, Berna, or Colleen. She's beating any of those three anyway. So I definitely think Norris is getting in the final. Then again, they also showed the preview for next week, and they showed all six of them in it. So I'm curious, unless they were showing footage from earlier in the season, but it definitely looked like Norris is in the final. So I, I assume she's going to beat whoever she goes into the final with. But I, I'm looking at this, and because we don't know the time, that could play a major role. It also could not play a major role. We don't necessarily know yet because we don't know the time of Emmanuel, but finishing third or fourth and finishing seemingly ahead of a, people who timed out. There, were, there was at least one timeout seemingly in every leg of chaos. It seems like he's going to have a pretty big minute lead, but we've seen minute leads in this thing diminish very, very quickly. And I still think, just based on the edit, I know nothing. I have not read spoilers. I don't want to know spoilers. It would completely ruin the finale for me. I still think Norris is going to win this thing. Somehow, some way, her minutes will be, you know, maybe she's, maybe Emmanuel's got a five-minute head start over her. That's pretty much nothing in a final where you have to run, like, through mountains and up a cliff and stuff like that. Like, it seems like that can be easily attained, especially if it's a puzzle that Emmanuel gets stumped on. And Norris has been pretty good at puzzles. So if you throw a puzzle in any sort of final, it doesn't really matter what anybody's lead is. They can lose it fairly easily because you can be stuck on puzzles forever. Just ask Olivia last week. She never got out of the puzzle. So I'm looking forward to it. I really want Norris to win. And then, again, of course, I definitely want to see what's going to go on at the reunion show, because this really seems to be a social media season where way more interesting stuff was happening on social media. I read you some of the tweets that Mariah has sent this season, that Norris has sent this season, that Olivia has sent this season. Like there's some bad, bad blood there. And you're just curious on how this is all going to play out. Who's going to say what, where does Horacio stand in all of this? He's clearly still with Norris. We know this based on their social media activity. Shit, they were allowed to post that they were a couple before the first episode of the season even aired, which was really, I don't know, kind of gave stuff away, but maybe MTV just handles things differently. I'm so used to how The Bachelor lets their contestants handle things. MTV is just totally different. I mean, Norris was posting kissy-kissy photos with with Horacio before the season even started. So, finale next week, and then reunion show the week after that. I don't know, know if they're doing two weeks of the reunion show, but I know... Um, the part one of the reunion show definitely is in two weeks from tonight. So this is going to be quite the finale. And 
and let's just keep our fingers crossed that Norris wins. I, I mean, I put it this way. We can cross Colleen and, and Berna off, right? And I'm thinking we could probably cross Mariah off. I just don't see how she does in this. So that literally leaves Corey, Norris, and Emmanuel. And it's just a matter of how big is his lead and how quickly can Norris cut into that. Okay, thank you all for listening. I really appreciate it. Please follow me on Apple Podcasts. Also, rate and review. Remember, you got to hit play now. It's not good enough for it to just download into your feed and stay there. If you don't listen, I don't get credit for the download. So please, if you miss an episode or two, just hit play. I'd really appreciate it. Like I said, the Sports Daily is going to be up uh, in an hour from now. And then in two hours from now, podcast number 378 with Dr. Catherine Sanderson. So check that out. Thank you all for listening. I really appreciate it. And I will talk to you tomorrow. See you.